0: The following program is sponsored by Wilson Financial Group and Mott & Associates, which is solely responsible for its content. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial member FINRA SIPC, investment advice offered through J.W. Cole Advisors, Wilson Financial Group, and Mott & Associates, J.W. Cole Financial, and J.W. Cole Advisors are unaffiliated entities. The opinions expressed by Jude Wilson and Mike Mott should not be construed as specific investment, legal, or tax advice. All economic and performance information is historical, and not indicative of future results. Investing may involve the risk of loss of principal. Any tax advice on this show is not intended to be used by any person for the purpose of avoiding U.S. federal or state tax penalties that may be imposed on such person, and each listener should seek advice from their tax advisor or legal counsel on topics that arise from the show. Jude Wilson and Mike Mott are not providing legal or tax advice. Nothing should be construed as solicitation of an offer to buy securities. Any successful plan requires wisdom and preparation, and retirement is no different. It's time for the Plan Wise Retire Free Podcast.
1: Welcome to the podcast. This is Plan Wise Retire Free with Jude Wilson and Mike Mott, holistic wealth managers at the newly merged company of Mott and Associates and Wilson Group Financial, serving us right here throughout the Florida area, from their office in Orlando and Bradenton. And of course, the guys can be found online at the new website for the podcast, PlanWiseRetireFreePodcast.com. It's a little bit of a mouthful, so let me say that again. PlanWiseRetireFreePodcast.com. You can listen to past episodes as we get more into these posted on there, as well as share them with people who may benefit from this information. And of course, if you have questions, you want to talk to them, just reach out at 800-779-4592. 800-779-4592. They are the Batman and Robin of financial planning. I absolutely love that. Every time I say that, I just giggle. So Jude, Mike, welcome in, guys. How are you? Oh, Awesome. How about yourself? I'm hanging in there. Mike, what about you, buddy? How's it going? I'm living the dream. (laughs) Living the dream? Well, that's good. It's always a good thing to live the dream. So you guys have more than 50 years of combined experience with uh, complex financial planning issues and things of that nature. So I thought we would tap into some of that wisdom, if you would, and talk about a few things today. And I don't know, you guys feel like singing? Because we could talk about how we've lost that financial feeling. Remember that old, what was that the Bellamy Brothers? No, no. The, righteous the Righteous Brothers. brothers. Righteous oh, brothers. I got it Absolutely. wrong. Yeah, Righteous <laughs> Brothers. Okay. It was you've lost that loving feeling. And, of course, I was trying to make a joke, and I bombed it. So that's all right. (laughs) We'll get into our topic and talk (laughs) about it.
2: But I think if we start singing, we may lose all our subscribers.
1: Oh, all right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, check it out. Believe it or not, financial planning isn't all about math and logic, right? You guys know this better than most. A lot of times, you know, just those feelings, you know, factor into what's going to be happening when people make decisions. So let's cover a few places and a few times where, I don't know, maybe it's okay to let your emotions and feelings enter into the financial equation. Or maybe it's not, you guys can tell us. So first off here on our list of things to discuss, how much do you actually care about where you live? Like, For a lot of people, is it are you really attached to the home? Is it the family home where you've raised everyone? Do you wanna stay there? Is it too big? Do you wanna to downsize to living someplace else, maybe a different kind of community? How does that factor in for a lot of people? I imagine that's probably the top of the list. You know, it's incredible that
2: you bring this up because oftentimes we're sitting with clients and we can do the numbers all day long. But you're right. There is an emotional aspect to financial planning that a lot of people don't take into account. And your primary home, your residence, though the place that you've raised your kids at is a major financial asset, but it's also an emotional attachment. What we're finding these days though, a lot of people are looking to downsize and they're looking at the house in a different aspect. They're looking at it as really an asset. And it all depends on the couple. There's usually one spouse that is more emotionally tied to the house than the other. But at the end of the day, what they have to do is have a real conversation about, is this where I see myself living for the rest of my life? Or is this a piece of the financial plan that we can use to make sure that we can live the lifestyles that we've become accustomed to for the rest of our life? So it's really a question that the spouses have to have and talk it out. At that point, it makes our life easy because we can come up with a plan, but we can't solve the emotional piece for you.
3: You know, especially if you think in terms of you maybe had that four bedroom, three bath house because you had a lot of kids but they're all now gone and you're empty nesters, sometimes the consideration is, well, the overhead on that type of a house is a lot higher than maybe a two-bedroom, two-bath house. And so if we can get our clients to kind of understand and then make some logical decisions, it's not necessarily because they have to, but if they can give us a better number about what type of housing they're going to have in their retirement, that makes it a lot easier to do the number crunching.
2: And lastly, here's the fallacy that I hear from a lot of our clients. Well, you know, I really want to leave the kids the house when we pass away. There was a survey done by AARP, and what was found when they asked the adult kids, would you prefer that your parents leave you the home, a majority of the adult kids say, no, I do not want the home. They want their parents to be happy or they want the value of the home, but they don't want the actual property. So a lot of times our clients are not thinking about that. They're thinking that they want to leave this asset to the kids.
1: Yeah. And I imagine, you know, a couple of different things can factor into it. If you're simply going from that financial aspect with the asset, but it also could be if it's a bigger home, right? Maybe it's a two story. You don't feel like climbing the stairs to go to bed anymore (laughs) as you're getting older. You know, a lot of little things like that can factor into it. But when you find when it comes to the legacy portion that you mentioned, leaving that, maybe the house is part of that. All the other pieces that go into it. Is that important to individual couples? And I imagine the response is different from person to person is that a pretty high factor or is that a little bit lower on the list?
3: You know, I've found that to be not as high on people's list. You think, because we always ask, you know, what kind of legacy would you like to leave? And quite frankly, I've had a lot of clients say they'd like their last check they rent to bounce. (laughs) (laughs) I worked for it. They can too, right? That's pretty much it. I don't think it's that they don't want to share with their children, but they want to make sure that they use the assets that they've worked hard for for their own comfort, and then, if there's something left, they'd like to make sure it goes to the right people. But I don't find that to be a huge priority with a lot of the clients we've talked to,
2: yeah, I would agree with you, Mike. I see it sometimes that they're concerned about leaving you know x amount of dollars. But what I see more lately is leaving a what we're calling a ethical will, just talking about their values, their experiences how they got from when they met each other to where they're at now and making sure these kids and grandkids share in some of those values.
3: You know, I want to make one final point when it talks about financial legacy, and that is that, in fact, I know we're going to be doing another podcast about estate planning. Absolutely. But the fact that it's not important to leave particularly a large sum of assets to your kids, doing the estate planning part that part of the financial legacy is incredibly important because settling in estate state can be quite costly sometimes and quite traumatic sometimes if things aren't put in place properly. So we're going to do a whole podcast on that. So I'm excited to talk about that later.
1: It's going to be fun. We were kind of talking before we got this thing rolling, just kind of snippets of that a little bit. And there's so many celebrities actually kind of kick some of that off, I think, in our conversation originally. So it'd be nice to talk about that a little later. So tune in for further future podcasts, I should say. But for now, uh, you're listening to Plan Wise Retire Free with Jude Wilson and Mike Mott. And we're talking about how we can lose that financial feeling and just from different things to think about here on the podcast. So. Maybe you're a person or not a person who, who loves getting into the details and the nitty gritty of the investments, or maybe there's some people who just prefer the simplicity to devote as little thought as possible to their finances. I know that my wife and I are that way. She's a nitty gritty detailer and I don't pay attention to hardly anything, which is funny considering I talk about this all the time. <laughs> well, I have a line that I
2: use in most of our client meetings and I say to clients because of my background and my experience, I have an MBA in finance and I can go in mind numbing detail about each of your investments, or I can give you the reader's digest version,
1: right? The cliff notes, say, right?
2: Yeah. The cliff notes version, what I lived on in high school. What I find is that most clients will say, give me the reader's digest version. I want to know what do I have with you? How did we do? And am I on track for meeting my goals?
3: You know, in a holistic financial plan, I try to explain to clients often that the investment piece is just one tool to try to change your goals. And so I found that most clients, they want to know we know, mm-hmm. But they really would just prefer to know what direction do I go and how is it going to benefit me? I gotcha.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think everybody needs at least a good working knowledge though, right? Would you guys agree? I think, and we've become savvier, I think, over time. And as you guys have been doing this for years now, have you seen that traditionally more and more retirees, pre-retirees, they're a little bit savvier than they used to be? Oh, definitely. Without a doubt, people understand that
2: You know, all these years I've been saving up money in my 401k and they know what a mutual fund is. Then they know that they don't want to have all their eggs in one basket. So they are more knowledgeable than years past. But I don't know if too many people want to know the difference between a
1: sharp ratio and <laughs> right. and beta and alpha. I don't right. think that is really what. It, turns it's kind them of off. like your internet coming into your house. You don't necessarily want to know how the router works and how the internet you know does what it does. But you just want to be able to know that if you plug in this cord into this one and that cord into that one, you're good. <laughs> you're up and running. You know. Well, and, kind of and I think
3: the final note on that is that you know having some knowledge is very important. Sure, because as we make recommendations that have they're related to investments, their understanding to the point of how it works on a kind of an overarching view is incredibly important because then as we make recommendations, those recommendations make more sense, especially as to how it applies to them.
1: All right guys. So then, you know, another question to think about is to debt or not to debt, if you will. So do you feel better emotionally if you are completely debt-free walking into retirement Or is it okay to walk into it with some? Again, that's another emotional factor that's not just the math. Or do you guys prefer on this one to say, no, let's let the math do the talking? Well, for me, yeah, I hate to be a broken record, but it really is partially a personal decision.
2: Give you an example, my wife and I. I'm used to having some level of debt because my dad was an entrepreneur. And so I kind of grew up with watching... You know, debt being used wisely to buy real estate, to buy businesses. But my wife hates debt with a passion. (laughs) And so anytime that we accumulate a little bit of debt, she wants to see zero on that statement. But as long as if you're entering retirement and you have the assets to live your lifestyle, the debt is not controlling you and you can't afford to live that lifestyle that you'd like to personally, and this is just a personal decision, I'm okay with that. But other people want to know that I don't owe anybody. How do you feel, Mike?
3: Well, you know, if you can retire debt free, that requires less cash flow to live your lifestyle. True. And so sometimes that can bleed over into the amount of risk that you need to take with investments in order to create that cash flow. To me, retiring debt free does, I would say, increase some of the predictability of retirement because you don't have to have that constant cash flow. You can get on the other side and argue that if you have a fixed rate mortgage, that's the one thing that's not going to go up with inflation over time. So sometimes that can be a benefit to have a fixed rate mortgage going into retirement.
2: To me, I make a distinction between consumer debt, like all the credit card bills, and what Mike said about a debt that you can leverage, like a fixed rate mortgage, and you're buying an asset that's going to increase in value so that's the only caveat i would add to it
1: so kind of you know again weighing that good debt versus bad debt right so you know high interest credit cards bad debt kind of thing exactly yeah okay well let's finish off this emotional kind of equation or pieces to the equation with obviously the market we didn't bring it up so let's finish our podcast today with that topic the market and how you feel about it emotionally is going to factor in, right? Some people become obsessed and they can't stop watching the little stock ticker and then it messes with their own ticker. For other people, (laughs) they could care less. So, you know, how do you factor that?
3: No, I try to, um, I kind of try to separate market volatility from risk. Everybody has a level of risk that they feel like they can stomach. Markets are always going to have volatility and I just about don't care who you are. You're going to have some stress if you see a lot of volatility in the market. The key piece to this is to add time to it. If you add time to the market and you look at longer periods of time, then volatility becomes less and less a factor. That's one of the reasons why we use our bucket plan, where we have a now, soon, and a later bucket. The later bucket is money that we don't need to access or have access to for more than 10 years. Well, if you have a 10 year time horizon, then market volatility becomes a lot less stressful.
2: That's absolutely right. I think the other piece that gives clients a little bit more comfortability in dealing with this is really just educating them. Because if you look at the stock market over time, the way that I like to educate, It's like a man with a yo-yo in his hand that's walking uphill. The yo-yo is going up and down, but the trajectory is that you're steadily moving up the hill. And so if we position you correctly, and if we educate you correctly, you're going to expect that there's going to be a couple of times where the yo-yo is going to be down, but we're progressively moving up the hill. So it's partially about educating the client and setting the right expectations for what we're trying to accomplish and win.
1: I love that. That's an awesome way. I've never thought about that before. As you were talking, I was developing a mental image in my head and And I was like, at first, I wasn't quite sure where you were going. And then as you kind of set that up there, I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. As long as you're still on the incline, you know, you're going to have the ups and the downs. Well, that's been our conversation here today on the podcast. This is plan wise, retire free, factoring in that emotional component sometimes to these financial decisions. We're humans. We feel things. It's going to happen. So it's always best to consider them and then have a conversation you know with your holistic wealth managers like Jude Wilson and Mike Mott to have those conversations say okay here's what I'm thinking here's what I'm feeling where do we go from there and we're going to finish off our podcast today with an email question that we got in but before we do feel free to share this podcast iTunes Stitcher Google Play lots of different places you can do that 800-779-4592 if you just like to call them and talk with them about a few things 800-779-4592 or check it out online with Wise Retire Free Podcast.com. That's plan-wise, RetireFreePodcast.com. All right, guys, quick question for you here as we depart. And this is from Oscar in Orlando. And he says, fellas, I recently turned 50, which means I can start contributing more money to my 401k each year. Should I do it or not? I would
3: say absolutely. You know, it makes so much sense to continue to add more to your 401k. I would suggest, I'm hoping that there's a Roth 401k option on their plan. Because if we can put more money into the Roth, we don't get a bigger tax deduction, but we're certainly going to have more money accumulating into the future. And that money coming out at retirement tax-free can be a tremendous advantage.
2: Just a little to add to that, one thing that we like to say here at the office is that right now under these current conditions, taxes are on sale. So if you can put away money in a Roth... And take out money tax-free when taxes may be higher, take advantage of it. And we're going to be doing an episode of the podcast talking about the Roth IRA and all of the benefits of that.
1: Well, there you go, Oscar. Thank you so much for the email question. Certainly something to consider. A lot of people have been asking about doing conversions to Ross and things of that nature here lately because of the current tax situation. So certainly something to think about. Give the guys a call to talk in more detail before you take any action. Always check with a qualified professional. 800-779-4592. 800-779-4592. Jude, Mike, thanks so much for being here on the podcast and spending some time with me. And are you sure you don't want to sing us out as we go?
2: I was going to ask you if you were going to do a few bars.
1: (laughs) I was going to let you guys. You're the stars of the show here. I was going to let you guys do it. (laughs) Mike has more of the singing voice than I do. I I, I just fake it because my voice is a little deep. I got you. Fake it till you make it. Sometimes that works, too. All right, guys. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you next time on another podcast right here on Plan Wise, Retire Free, Jude Wilson, Mike The preceding
0: program is sponsored by Jude Wilson and Mike Mott, which is solely responsible for its content.